Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chapter Tactics. I am Magic Carp Fly, also known as Matt, and with me today we have uh, our one of our regular co-hosts here, John P. Hey, John P. Howdy doody. <laughs> yeah, boy. And then we also have a Raph. Hi, everybody. Yeah, dude, this is the first time because Raph is usually not uh not with us when we're doing uh uh uh, uh chapter tactics. tactics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. usually behind the computer. But today we have a great conversation that he wants to join in on. We're gonna be talking about the fight phase and uh, how to get the most out of the combat phase because a lot of people uh kind of just dismiss the combat phase. And now that the GW terrain that we've all seen, um, how it's played, it's brought melee armies back onto the forefront and so with that we need to go over how the fight phase works and what makes it so good how to make it stronger and everything like that i personally love the fight phase do you guys love the fight phase yes yeah (laughs) Uh, yes (laughs) yeah i I know that john p loves the fight phase just because you play space wolves a lot it's it is great there's there's so many fun things you can do in the fight phase that um you just simply miss out on if you don't fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Raph, being a newer player, um, how are you enjoying the fight phase? You, what, which phase do you like more, the fight phase or the shooting phase? So uh, in my earlier games, I liked the shooting phase more. Um, but now I, I, you know, Black Templars, I think they like fighting more than shooting. And so <laughs> I've, 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 I've tailored my list around fighting more and... It's brought me more success recently, so I'm 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 liking it. I'm not I'm not advanced or anything, uh, mm. but it's 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 been fun hitting people yeah. and smacking hey, them. Listen, all right, <laughs> the fight phase you you hit you punch them with your fists. In the shooting phase, you're punching them with bullets. So it's the same okay. thing, right? <laughs> same thing. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> I I think that the biggest thing uh, about the fight phase, though, is that like I said, with the GW terrain, with the way that it's sectioned off or the way that it's made uh now when it comes to their events is that uh there's lots of line of sight blocking terrain um it makes it a lot harder for shooting armies to really activate during the first two turns and so with a lot of melee armies it makes it easier for them to get into close combat and so even if you are a shooting army you're gonna have to learn how to do the fight phase and how to get the most out of it even if you're a shooting army it just benefits every single Every single army, no matter what, except maybe Tau, and that's it. <laughs> it might, it, maybe just them. I don't know. Um, but like your guards, like Ashton Militarum, they still yeah. do the fight phase. You know, there's lots of armies that still want to participate in the fight phase because you have to hold those objectives. Yeah, a lot of ways to be a little sneaky, conniving little dude that gets on objectives when uh, you don't expect the twos. But I mean, we'll, we'll go over all that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so. What we do have is a did you know? I got a nice did you know today. Uh, this one is revolving around the Grey Knights. And this is just like a, a, a little lore piece of how uh, the Grey Knights came to be. Kind of like what they are, what they do. Uh, but it's just a small snippet of their overall lore. So, Grey Knights, did you know? They are the secret and mysterious 666th chapter of Astartes made to kill demons of the warp and anyone who pledges their allegiance to the gods of chaos. 
Uh, they lived on Titan, which is a moon that revolves around Saturn, and that's where Malkador stored eight of the most dedicated to the Imperium Astartes that were aware of the threat from the warp. So he basically took them, brought them onto Titan, and then uh, um, during that time, or during the Horus Heresy, that world of Titan was ripped from reality and brought into the timeless realm of the warp, where it sat there for years in regular space-time, but obviously it was unknown how long they spent in the actual timeless space of the warp before eventually reappearing during the second founding. Uh, they were engineered using the gene seed directly from the Emperor, and that's why every Grey Knight is a potent psyker. Uh, they live in secrecy. They mind-wipe anyone who witnesses them using Arcana to destroy chaos. Um, and basically, they, they, they just really want to destroy chaos. That, that's like their whole thing is that they want to kill chaos. That's why they have weapons called demon hammers and things like that. They can also uh, break steel with their bare hands. Oh my so, God. <laughs> they're pretty strong. Dude, that's intense. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I i got strip like men in black vibes from all that oh yeah yeah definitely <laughs> black vibes. mind wipe and like I, I also never realized that they just were absent during the horse heresy yeah yeah like, they just weren't there it, yeah it's just something i never thought about yeah they just wow. never did anything but uh yeah but they came back during the second founding that's when the green knights chapter was like basically founded was during that time that's when uh, people started realizing more about them and all that stuff, but yeah, Green Knights, cool guys, break stuff with steel. Yeah, hands. Yeah. bare hands with bare hands. Bare dude. hands. Imagine, bare hands. Imagine if they had a weapon that was made yeah. out of steel. Like, what? What could they break with that? Could you imagine if there's like a mechanic in the future where like you could build off a piece of a like a a building and a Green Knight could pick it up and turn into a hammer? <laughs> Like just forge look like, it, forge yeah. it on the spot, forge yeah, on the just, spot. <laughs> just start bending it like it's a like it's a a, um, a balloon animal. Yeah, <laughs> a balloon animal. Just make stuff out of it. <laughs> That'd be insane! Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right, so that's their lore. Um, so now we can go on to the main topic here. Uh, but before we do that, this show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get amazing game mats for not just your 40K games, but almost any tabletop game out there. Purchase miniatures at a discount and join some of the largest 40K events in the industry. They also have the largest 40K podcasting network in the business with shows like Signals from the Frontline, uh, Chapter Tactics, 40K Game Changers, Grim After Dark, 40K Stat Center, uh, The Thursday Show, and so much more. That's FrontlineGaming.org, or you can click on the link in the description of this podcast on all the social media goodies, plus uh, tickets for the SoCal Open are being sold as of right now so go ahead and pick that up before they're all sold out they are being sold out very very fast so go check that out socal open which we will be at so if you want to come and say hi to us you can do that as well when you go to the socal open dude did you get have you guys gotten your list ready for socal I, I I don't even know army I'm running. <laughs> Ho hopefully the my, I get the the launch box rumors is true, and I'll have the codex supplement in in September, and then I will know what list I bring. Or hopefully, no. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Got a little topic overview for you guys. If you want, guys, want to close your eyes. If you are driving, please don't close your eyes. Uh, here we go. 
The combat phase is commonly known as your second movement phase, and with GW terrain becoming more and more widely available at tournaments, it's time to break down how to do the combat phase correctly and get the most out of it. Boom. There we go. Oh. It's a good, it's a good, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a yeah. decent, it's a decent start. I literally wrote that like two minutes ago. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, so what makes the fight phase so important? With, why? With, uh, yeah. Why? Yeah. So Jumpy, do you want to start off? Yeah. So I guess obviously ninth is an objective based game. If your opponent beats you to said spot, uh, and gets onto the objective, um, you're going to have to walk up to them and <laughs> fight them for it in melee combat. Um, <laughs> it's to put it simply. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, it, uh, yeah, it, but I mean, it, there's, there's more than that. But like, um, simply put, like, you, you're going to have to fight for objectives. And the best way to do that is to fight on the objective. That way, when you kill them, you're on the objective and you can take the objective. Controller. Mm, yeah, but if you simply just shoot the opponent off the objective, it's no one's objective and no one scores points for it. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing about melee combat nowadays is that uh, when it comes to melee combat with ninth edition, it's very it's so important because you need to be on those center objectives, right? You can't just hunker down, wait inside your deployment zone, and then just kind of hope for the best because what, like most deployment zones, you'll maybe have one or two objectives in your deployment zone. You have to battle for those middle objectives, right? And so being able to bring units that can skirmish and actually fight for those middle objectives that aren't just guardsmen or something that will just plink off shots, uh, you want to get them into that area. And then even if you were to control it, you have to have units that are also durable enough and can fight hard enough to uh, uh, counter charge when people try to battle you for that center objective as well. And that that's kind of like what makes the fight phase so important because... Uh, you need to be able to know how to control more bodies on the board, how to make it so then your opponent can't do it, and then uh, also couple it in with your shooting phase because you can shoot stuff as much as you can, but there's so much line of sight on the board nowadays that it's hard for you to just shoot things off the board um, without being retaliated on because if you have line of sight on somebody, they probably also have line of sight on you. Mm. Yeah, and you right. better if you shoot at something, you better kill it. <laughs> Otherwise, they might just kill you back. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Can you elaborate on the countercharging thing? That didn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when uh, so let's say that you have like a group of uh, we'll say ten guardsmen, right, <laughs> that go up to the board and and um, they're sitting on that center objective or like one of the two center objectives that are on the field. Okay, so uh, if they're sitting there. That means that your opponent, they're going to be in the same amount of range as you when it comes to those objectives, right? No Man's Land is about 24 inches wide. If you have uh, your units there, then yeah, you control it at the end of your turn, but you need to be able to control it until the next phase of your turn, right? Because that's when you score points on your primary. And mm -hmm. then during yeah. that time, if it's your opponent, when it's your opponent's turn, they could just charge that 10-man guardsman squad, and then you don't get those points, right? Because... They just fold like paper. They fold, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guardsmen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have to be prepared to be able to understand how to do stuff with uh, with counter charges, um, and you could do that even with guardsmen to out obsec your opponent. Uh, and I think that the best way to do that is that if you have like one squad of guardsmen, 
that stands on the outside aura of the objective because you have 10 models right that you can use you can push that towards the end of, towards the edge of the objective right so then your opponent has to fight those guardsmen in order to get onto the rest of the objective mm, and then I see. You, yeah and then you could just have another set of guardsmen in the back row right unless they do like a multi-charge which you can probably like finagle a little bit unless they do a multi-charge against those two units then what's happening is that they can wipe that squad but who cares you still have an object you still have your models on that objective that can still get you more obsec than your opponent can gotcha yeah john cool. do you want to elaborate on that at all <clears throat> uh i mean like you like you said it's like you set up a a unit to kind of it's kind of like a sacrificial lamb yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You, it, it's it's there uh your opponent has to come react to it kill it and then once that unit comes in you you're like haha time to set up my actual unit <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> to kill yeah so it's like when you when you did your wolves thing in in our game you brought it to the center and then as soon as i went and killed you you killed me back exactly and, yeah or you charged me with your dudes yeah Got yeah it. yeah oh, that makes sense it's like a counter, oh. counter, counter charge. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it turns, it, it, especially if you're like two melee, it's, it's like Space Marines for the Space Marine, it turns into like a whole like mind bait game. Like, oh, right, I'm going to throw in this sacrificial unit. I'm going to throw in this one. And then like, you're just waiting for like whoever throws in their Vanguard vets first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to... Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like in League of Legends where like um, <laughs> the, the winner of like a battle is usually the person that ults second. The person, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, like, who can bait who into like, doing their Yeah, thing yeah. First. Like in the Zed yeah. versus Zed matchup, whoever ults yeah. the other Zed first <laughs> is the one that loses. <laughs> yep. That, and that, that's yeah. basically what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, if you, yeah. If you do it first, you better kill it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, the other person can react. <laughs> cool. Uh, so I, I've been reading around about fight phase and stuff that i keep hearing the words wrapping and trapping um what is that and what what's what's the idea behind behind yep. those two things uh john p do you want to go uh I, I think you would know better since you play nids yeah 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 so uh wrapping and trapping is something that not a lot of people tend to do when it comes to 40k either because they're being too lazy or that they just don't know how to do it well enough um wrapping and trapping it's when you take a unit and you kind of just encircle uh an entire unit or one single model uh because when you have uh three models like the, the best way to think about this is like a triangle right so if you have one model in the middle and then you have three models on the sides mm -hmm. then uh and they're all encircling that one singular model in the middle of them there's no way that that model can actually move through any of those models without pushing one of your models right so because of that, uh, they can't actually leave that combat, you know, yeah, fall back or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, they can't yeah, yeah. fall back. And you have to use the stratagem. Yeah. They or unless you're a great knight, so you can just move them, right? Teleport them yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, you can just teleport them <laughs> out. <laughs> um, or if you have like fly or something, you can, fly, yeah. you, you can move out or anything like that. But if you're up against something that doesn't have fly and you wrap and trap something, not only does it make it so then that unit can't fall back, it also protects the unit that is wrapping and trapping that unit because they can't get shot at. They can't get shot at. Ah, yeah. smart. Yeah. Mm. And that's what makes wrapping and trapping so good. Like, not only can you do it so then you can make it so then a unit can't fall back, you make it so then that particular unit that you're using can't get shot at. So it's very important to do that with things like 
uh, gene stealers. It's very important to do that with things like that that are that can die to a swift breeze, but hit like a truck. Um, I guess maybe sanguinary card, <laughs> but yeah, or... but uh, yeah, like stuff like that. It's it's a great way to make it so then your opponent can't do anything. Uh, Jumpy, do you want to talk about uh, wrapping and trapping? Yeah, uh, let's see. I mean, uh, wrapping and trapping is typically done in. I mean, obviously in the five phase, but it's like um, during during like the piling and consolidations, a lot of people just like activate, just get their units in, just to get all the attacks in. But they're not considering like everything, like mm-hmm. being able to actually surround the unit so that they can't fall back. Um, especially with things like a transport. Yeah, I'd say like they like you you're able to charge a transport. And then um, there's like guys inside. If you're able to wrap and trap that transport, uh, and you kill the transport, then the, the your enemy um, doesn't get all the models on the inside because they have. I think they have to use uh, what's that strategy called? Um, desperate breakout. I don't think it's. Or think, no, yeah, it's some, not desperate breakout. I forgot. I know what you're talking about, but I forgot what it was called. Uh, the one yeah. where they can uh, d- disembark from a uh, a model or a transport from like six inches away instead of three inches. Yeah, yeah yeah emergency disembark thank you that one uh yeah emergency disembark um but yeah that they would have to use that stratagem in order to mm-hmm. get the, the guys out inside otherwise you just lose all those models oh i was, I was gonna say i know i know ralph's been looking into using impulsors so yeah. this is something that would is very useful for good knowledge for him to know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> his, definitely his transport gets it's uh gets wrapped and his guys inside are not gonna have a good time <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and at that point you're making your opponent spend the cp right yeah in order exactly. to even do that so that, that that's also really really good um and then uh it, it, this is also especially good if you have something like fall back and charge right mm. so harlequin players love doing it where they could just wrap something if they aren't able to kill it and then um on their next turn uh they were safe from being shot at so then they could just fall back and then charge something else instead uh, uh. That move 12 inches like your Vanguard vets, they love wrapping and trapping if they can fall back and charge. Uh, mm-hmm. So like things like that, that's it, it's just amazing to do. Honestly, but obviously, you know, when a Vanguard vet charges a squad, it's probably dead. It's going to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most of the time, most of the time. Yeah, but then that also comes with efficiency on what you want to do, right? So mm-hmm. like if you are, if you're sending in this unit that automatically kills something no matter what it touches, but then they're able to get shot at next turn, is that efficient enough for you, right? Like, did they make up yeah. their points enough for killing the squad before getting shot off next turn because they can't actually survive uh, because, you know, they didn't wrap and trap something they and they could just get fully shot at? And that's something that you really need to take into consideration. So when you're doing a fight phase, sometimes if you know that you're going to overkill a squad, instead of just overkilling the squad, um, when you do your pylons and consolidations and stuff, you keep a couple of them out so then you don't actually kill the squad. So then you're still able to wrap and trap them. Yeah, you don't kill them, but you are protecting that huge blob of units that's so expensive. Getting and that shot at. To, yeah, from getting shot yeah. at. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. It, just a quick follow-up to this. Is this something that, uh, well, as a newer player, is this something, the wrapping and trapping, is that something you uh, newer players, or players in general, should be cons or always looking out to do or yeah is there specific uh times um we should keep in mind to try to do those tactics yeah 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 uh john p do you want to go uh yeah i was just gonna say it it should especially if it's something 
that you don't want dying to shooting, you should be always looking to do this, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, just protecting those guys in from shooting, uh, keeping them in melee combat, um, also reduces the efficiency of like your enemy. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the only thing that's like in line of sight, and they have nothing else they can shoot at. <laughs> um, so, and then they just have like this big shooting unit that isn't being useful that turn. So, yeah, it's not yeah. killing the stuff that it wants to kill. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and th- that's what makes things like uh, Slanesh fiends so powerful. Uh, yeah, because fall back. <laughs> yeah, since something can't fall back, whatever you charged along with the fiends. Um, even if you were to pile into that squad or uh, uh, consolidate into that squad or anything, um, since fiends make it so then things can't fall back unless they know fly, then that means that whatever you tagged with that unit is going to uh, be safe from any shooting, right? Yeah. And that's like, it, wow. it's just like basically tar pitting. You're tar pitting something, right? <clears throat> and like, you don't even have to do it where it's, uh, you're saying, oh, uh, this unit needs to kill this particular unit. You can use wrap and trapping in order to just sh- completely shut down things like your Balsari Skitari if you're able to get into combat with them. Um, anything that like deals a lot of damage. Um, I, I believe, uh, Raph, we were playing a game when you were playing um, with a, a, a Land Raider, right? Yeah, against your, your Quince. I remember you trapping my... Yeah, my yeah. Crusader. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want it to shoot at anything. Um, yeah. So, like, you could just throw garbage units at these uh, really strong vehicles or these really strong uh, firing vehicles, right? And you mm. can just have them just trap them inside, uh, put in, like, 10 guardsmen or, like, 30 termagants or something and just tar pit them so then that way they can't fall back. Um, but uh, you're making it so then they can only shoot at those termagants because there's nothing else that they can shoot at, right? There's yeah. so many different things that you could do with wrapping and trapping. That just makes yeah. it so nice. And then bonus points if you're uh, this all happens to be happening on an objective marker. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and then also it like <laughs> what's funny is that if you use uh, something like desperate breakout, I believe it's on a one a model dies, right? I think that's how it's worded. Or is it uh um they take a mortal wound? Oh man, I forgot Desperate Breakout's two CP. <laughs> yeah, it's very expensive. <laughs> yeah, and you can only do Real- it for one unit. So if yeah. you yeah. do it, if you wrap and trap two different units, they can only select one to use that Desperate Breakout uh, ability. Uh, so it says well, roll one d six for each model in that unit for a result of one one model in that unit of your choice is destroyed. <laughs> yeah. So if you <laughs> actually wrap and trap something that's like multiple vehicles, like let's say that you wrap and trap. Uh, uh, Castellan robots and they use desperate breakout if you roll a one one of them is going to die and then you're also spending two cp on top of that like is that worth it at that point you know a lot of people that's think not, that, yeah. that that's a bad or that uh, desperate breakout makes wrapping and trapping useless but really think about that that's a 100 point mile just exploding and yeah not and getting any efficiency out of it yeah <laughs> yeah and then you spent two cp on top of that like come on exactly you know yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that's wrapping and trapping, I guess. Uh, there's a lot more that we could talk about for it, but uh, we we can move hey. on. Nice. the The next thing I still have trouble with uh, is with charges. Like, how and when should I be declaring my charges? Like, I I sometimes go too ooga booga sometimes, and I kind of just if they're within twelve inches, I'm gonna charge them regardless. Yeah. Well, you play you that free uh, yeah, yeah, you, you got, got free, free roll. So. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, yeah. I, I at least in the past couple of games I played, uh, 
why or i i just do it out of habit just because i'm in range but mm-hmm. should i be doing it more strategically um or or what or what am i doing wrong because i've lost like three <laughs> of my four last games i think <laughs> just going booga booga. <laughs> yeah. uh jumpy you want to take this yeah i think uh i guess when declaring charges you should always charge with your you know the unit that you know will kill the unit first um, that way you're not just charging and then dying in response. Uh, that's probably <laughs> one of the worst feelings ever in Warhammer 40k, <laughs> charging something and dying. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say charge with a unit that you know will you know handle either kill or not be killed by the unit that you're charging. Um, if that unit fails, then you know you should probably just end your charge phase and move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then I would also say um, try to like I just just pace yourself with your charges. Like maybe you only need to send in one unit, um, um, and then if that unit just happens to wipe it out, you know only that one unit is is visible in line of sight. But if you happen to charge like two or three units in, and then you just wipe that unit, now you have three units, like two or three units that are in are visible yeah. line of sight. If your opponent has shooting, they'll just mow down them with shooting if they have good shooting. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean it's it's all about like I guess like cycling and just like sending them in waves like you know like you're playing against like tower defense, you know. Yeah, yeah, at the yeah, beginning yeah. you send in your smaller waves, then you send in the big wave. Yeah. Yeah, cuz like um what what you also need to understand is that there is still uh 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 interrupt. You can spend two your opponent can spend two command points to interrupt, yeah. right? <clears throat> so if you are charging multiple times, what you're doing is that you're, uh, even if you're just like, this one's going to charge, this one's going to charge, this is going to charge, blah, blah, blah. You're like, you're just doing charges just willy-nilly without thinking about it. What's happening is that uh, you're making it so then your opponent can just get a free, easy kill on a key unit. Like, if you have, uh, if you're sending in two key units in a multi-charge um, against two units that can probably punch back, one of them is going to interrupt. And so yeah, you could yeah. lose like a key unit just because you're just like ooga booga, everything's gonna charge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, not only are you giving them a free way to uh, kill a key unit or just to kill off chaff, you're also giving them six inches of movement, right? If you aren't touching base with them when you charge, if you never say something like "my intent is to touch base it, with this unit," touch. right? If you never mm-hmm. say that, then they could just surf those units. Uh, they can surf the unit when they interrupt, move three inches for the pile in, kill it, and then move another three inches again. Yeah. So, yeah. and then after that, that unit's free to do whatever it wants. And then you could just move them again. So you're giving them a free movement phase, basically, if you just keep doing willy nilly charges all the time. Like, yeah, you might kill something, but is well, that really worth it compared to what's going to happen in your opponent's next turn, unless you are absolutely demolishing them in the fight phase. And it's like you brought in, uh, like, the Vanguard vets have charged. Uh, Blade Guard vets have charged. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, a Land Raider has charged or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. If, yeah, like Matt said, if you're, if you're charging with a bunch of units, you better make sure that they can withstand one round of combat with whatever you're charging. <laughs> um otherwise stay away just, or yeah just, yeah otherwise yeah. just you know just pace yourself um because mm-hmm. like matt said you're giving them the six inches of free movement and then it's their turn <laughs> yeah exactly and, they, and then you know and then 
they can do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, with so. whatever the models that they have. And then if they exactly. have to fall back and charge, then who cares? Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, so when you're declaring your charges, you just have to be aware of what's going to... Uh, and then you also have to be aware of what has fight last and what <clears> doesn't. Because like that's a huge part of 40k right now when it comes to melee combat is fight last. So <clears> if you are charging, you just need to be aware of like... Does this have stench bats? Does this have fight last? Is there a way that you can get fight last on this unit? Yes, no. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? Should I stay away from them? Uh, <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, so you just have to be aware of that. Yeah. I, I think uh, one of the questions I always ask uh, an opponent is just like, do you have any ways of manipulating the fight phase, like have fight last or fight first, uh, mm -hmm. et cetera, stuff like that? Yeah. Are um, you death guard? Do you have stench bats? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can you can you keep that unit away from me? Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep that one in the backfield objective, please. <laughs> so, so in those cases where they do have a way to do fight first or fight last, what what do you do, or what is the general tactic to to get around that? Yeah. You shoot them first, or you just wait till they come to you. Yeah. Um, John P, do you want to go? Uh, if I ever see a unit that has like fight last, obviously. Number one priority is to not fight it. <laughs> uh, if uh, a smart opponent will never put a unit that has fight last in in line of sight of shooting, <laughs> but if they do, that's that's your that's your shot right there. Yeah, that's your uh, shot. Yeah, yeah. Kill them yeah. off. Yeah, kill them in shooting. But priority target. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, mm -hmm. But if you ever do have to end up uh, fighting something that has fight last, uh, it's gonna probably be a unit that's really good in melee. <laughs> yeah. um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to send two units at that um unit two units that um if two units that can both handle that unit or th that unit that has fight last um mm -hmm. and hopefully if they split their attacks they won't kill both units yeah. uh, I, I highly doubt that that's possible but yeah uh, mm -hmm. but yeah you're gonna have to sack unit and then hopefully you're the unit that died um sorry hopefully the second unit um can kill the unit that has the fight last yeah Got yeah gotcha if if there's anything that has fight last and if you don't also have access to fight last then what you're going to have to do is just charge two units into them and then just sack a unit just like what John P said that's the best way that you're going to be able to do it um because no matter what happens uh he's going to kill at least one of those units no matter what no matter what with fight last you are trading down if you also do not have fight last you are absolutely trading down because you have to trade one unit uh, completely against another unit because if anybody has fight last, it's probably going to be next to either blade guard vets, next to death Shroud terminators, anything that can kill um, an MSU squad of like either MEQs or uh, almost anything else that you'd throw at them. Fight first is a lot easier to play against though. Fight first is like so simple. You just what? charge once. Yeah, charge once. yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the way uh, the way fight first works is that it's essentially a free counter offensive. Mm -hmm. um so like if you let's say you charge in two units against their two units that both have fight first um you would fight with your charging units first uh go you would alternate essentially so it'd be you them you them <laughs> yeah that's what makes slanesh really strong right or uh demons or like slanesh demons really strong is because fight first by itself if it's just on like one model garbage just useless if that's if you're paying for that relic to give you a fight first do not just drop it. Save your CP. It's terrible. Um, but if you have like an aura of fight first, or if you have a whole army like Slanesh that has fight first, that's when fight first actually becomes incredibly good. 
uh, because, like John P said, you have to alternate whenever you're uh, fighting them. And then, like, if you're Slanesh, then, you know, they have ways to make it so that you can't fall back. So then on their turn, you can't even fight them first. Uh, they get to hit you first. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is which is that, that, that's a fun time. It's a fun time. Uh, I love I love slash demons. It's so much fun for you. But that for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun time for me. Not not for you guys. <laughs> wow. Damn. Uh, so fight last, fight first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so also uh, as a newer player, when I do declare charges, uh, I know Tal gets free Overwatch. Yeah, uh, and then other people have been doing Overwatch, uh, and it does tend to kill some of my units. How do I prevent, um, or, it, you know, get the least amount of casualties when I'm declaring my charges due due to Overwatch? Uh, yeah. Uh, so Tal does a lot of Overwatching, but then also even Space Marines can do a lot of Overwatching. Um, I think that Salamanders, uh, they can spend a CP to have a unit, uh, jump in to also do an Overwatch. So, like, aggressors doing Overwatch, it's insane. Because they can just, like, auto-hit all of their flamers and then spend a CP as well to have them jump in to do an Overwatch. So, like, (laughs) they can melt an entire unit. It's disgusting. Uh, So, don't charge into flamers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, never charge into flamers. Try your best. (laughs) In addition to Salamanders, Ultra ultra Marines can also do it. It's like a greater good. Yeah, it's like a for the greater good for free. Or not for free, but you pay for it. Uh, the best way to do that, if you're going up against something that's going to overwatch, you either, one, uh, it, it depends on what you want to do, right? Do you want to kill mm-hmm. the unit that is overwatching, or do you just want to tag them, right? Um, because if you tag them, then you know they can't fall back and shoot uh, unless they have a strat for it. Uh, or uh, you're turning off their shooting when you tag them, when you go into melee combat with them. Uh, the best way to do it, though, is that uh, if you're charging something that has, like, a flamer or you're charging something that um, you're afraid of their overwatch, you don't want your key unit to die, you charge a garbage unit into them first, something that you don't care about dying. So then that way it soaks up the overwatch if they even decide to use it, and then you can charge with your key unit. A key unit. Uh, I yeah. see. Yeah. Or um, you could try to bait out their Overwatch, um, see if they use it mm-hmm. elsewhere. Maybe you might save that that unit that you're scared of charging for last, and maybe mm-hmm. they might just uh, you know just um, for lack of a better term use use the Overwatch stratagem too early. <laughs> yeah, Got like it. not yeah. not use it correctly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can definitely bait it out that way as well. Make it so then uh, they can't use it because. You can only, unlike an 8th edition, you can only overwatch once unless you're Tau, right? So they have to pick it correctly. So if you have two key units that are going to be doing charges and both of them have like trash units right next to them, then you charge one with a trash unit and then you charge the next one with a trash unit. And then from there, then you just charge them with their uh, Ooga Booga, like what you were saying before. Yeah, that's that's one of the times when you Ooga Booga. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. don't 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 send in vets first. Otherwise, you're gonna over Overwatch that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't oh, send in key units first, or else they're gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. Overwatch you to death. Um. You send in a trash yeah. unit, or you send in something that you know is gonna survive the amount of shots, like a big tanky monster, or something yeah. like that. Um, dreadnought. Yeah, like a dreadnought. dreadnought. Yeah. You know, most of the time, something's not gonna kill a dreadnought in Overwatch, unless maybe your sisters. 
then maybe <laughs> then you could maybe kill something in overwatch or aggressors because aggressors just kill stuff they don't yeah, care. Yeah. <laughs> got it. cool uh you mentioned tagging uh what, what does that mean how how do i do that or would i yeah, still have yeah. to charge to, to tag them yeah so uh when you tag something so let's say that you uh there's a unit that you don't want to have you over or that you don't want to overwatch but you have no trash units right mm. um so what you do instead is that you still want to turn off that unit that can do that huge overwatch, right? You want mm -hmm. them to get shut down because the only ways that you can uh, shoot after being tagged is either if you are a vehicle because of um, you can shoot into combat or mm -hmm. if you have fallback and shoot or if they're pistols, yeah. right? Those are the That's only good. reason. Those are the only ways, okay? So what you do is that uh, if they have mispositioned and there's a unit right next to that and they don't have something like uh, for the greater good mm -hmm. what you do is that you charge the other unit first you don't charge the one that is that you're afraid overwatching yeah mm -hmm. so you charge the other unit first and then from there uh hopefully you kill whatever it is or you know do whatever you want to do and when you charge you you clearly say i am not touching base it's all about intention when it comes to the fight phase you have to be clear about your intentions or else people can game you right you say, mm -hmm. I'm charging this unit. All right, here's my charge move. Okay. And then with your charge move, when you charge, you can move any distance that you want, right? As long as you end up with an engagement range of that unit, then you can move. Uh, if you have a 12-inch charge, right, you don't have to just end right next to that unit. Like if it's only five inches away and you get 12 inches, you don't have to end five inches away or five inches closer you can <clears throat> use that entire 12 inches to move around right move around them yeah yeah. yeah 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 so what you're doing is that you charge them you say uh after you're done move doing your move you say it is not my intention or i am not touching base and then mm -hmm. during that time you use your pylons and your consolidations to then get closer to uh the enemy unit that you the want other, to tag yeah. exactly and then once you tag that unit boom you're good to go you, you shut off that unit you've used your fight phase well enough to where not only did you uh deal damage to one unit but now you also shut down another unit's power uh like shooting power yep 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 yeah yeah so so now the the pylon phase you can actually uh use that extra pylon movement to get within engagement range of another unit that the one that you mm -hmm. did not charge yeah yeah, yeah. As long as that's the closest <laughs> yeah know that yeah so let's let's uh, say you have uh you're going against like imperial guard and they yeah. have you know two manticores within like 12 inches of each other and you have your vanguard vets you make you only need like a four to get in but you, you roll like a 12 uh mm. you, the first vanguard vet could probably fly like 12 inches get closer to the second manticore that you didn't declare charge on and as long as you have one unit or one model that's an engagement range of the first manticore you get uh you know pile in with the the guy that jumped way further and uh, he has to pile into the closest enemy unit, uh, which would be the other Manticore, the second Manticore, the further away one. Yeah. So you could pile in there, yeah. and then you could uh, tag the other one, and you have two Manticores tagged up that combat. can't be shooting. Yeah. And then it, it'll still be okay as long as your your unit's in coherency or maintains coherency, right? Yeah. Correct. Then, well, yeah. A yeah. Actually, during your pile-in phase, uh, you don't have to stay in coherency. Uh, uh, what? Yeah, yeah. So when you Hot move, breed. so when you move a unit, you have to stay within coherency, right? 
during the mm -hmm. combat phase when you're piling in, you don't have to stay within your coherency check, right? You only do your coherency check at the end of the at the end of the battle once it's done at that point, right? The, the so, battle round. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the yeah, or yeah. not the end of your turn, right? I, I think it's easier. I think it's morale. Yeah, during your morale check. phase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. okay, so so tag them, you can be out of unit coherency and then you can consolidate it after after you're done piling. Yeah, and then go and back fighting. into unit coherency afterwards. So Ooh, like you can you can finagle stuff around where you can just be like, okay, this unit, um obviously you have to be able to go back into coherency or else you're gonna lose start losing models that way. But yeah, you can break your coherency during your combat phase and then during your morale phase, fix it so then it goes back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. you, do you know what's another big brain move? <laughs> Is that, yeah. So let's say that you want to stay outside of, uh, let's say that you get tagged in combat, right? Mm -hmm. um, what you can do is uh, uh, if they kill a model, you can actually take a model from the middle because you can choose which model dies, right? Um, mm -hmm. So you could take models from the middle to break that coherency. You do your morale check. After you do your morale check, then model. Then you have to do your coherency check, right? Mm -hmm. So what you can do is that you can pull models from like the middle or from somewhere where you're going to break coherency. And then okay. when you do your coherency check, you sacrifice another model or the two models to fix coherency. And then from yeah, there, you don't... Units? From that same unit. Oh, so that, yeah, so then that way you don't have to fall back. You're already outside of engagement range at that point. Big brain. Big brain. Big brain. Big brain. Yeah. <laughs> Never done that. Just curious. Have you guys tried that tactic before? Yeah, Matt did, uh, on, Matt did it on me. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> that <wow>. was insane. <laughs> yeah, because you don't have to like, yeah, you just, who cares? They're gaunts. <laughs> they die. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, uh, obviously don't do that with like your Terminators. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bigger, bigger. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, you know, if you have like chaff and you don't want to stay within combat, you could definitely pull outside of coherency and then uh, from there uh, stay outside so that you don't have to fall back and charge or anything like that. You could just move forward. Just move yeah. forward. And then yeah. it also uh, frees up that unit to be shot at. Yep. Yeah. By your yeah. guys. Mm -hmm. Man, that is smart. Easy money. Wow. Um, what, what you can also do, like we're talking about a lot of ways that you could be offensive in your, uh, fight phase, but there's also a lot of ways that you could be, uh, offensive while you're being defensive, On right? defense. Yeah. Yeah. So what you can actually do is that if you go up against somebody that is trying to get the most amount of movement from their fight phase, right? What you can actually do is, uh, if one unit is in, uh, combat with another unit, right? and they strung out the rest of their models, you can mm -hmm. just simply bring another unit next to that, uh, next to them. So let's say that, oh, sorry. So let's say that you have a model in the middle or you have a unit in the middle that's in uh, combat with a unit from, that's on the left side of, of me, I guess, right? Or on the left side of them. You mm -hmm. can take another unit, move it closer to the edge of where they're trying to string out their units. And then at that point, uh, that unit, they, even though they, they, they would have to break coherency when they do pylons and consolidations because pylons and consolidations are by a model per model basis. So, uh, if you do it that way, that means that that unit can't really move very far at all because, <laughs> because they're trapped between two units. They're closer to a different unit than they are with another unit, another right? Mm -hmm. So you can, um, so that, that's also a pretty 
easy way to make it so then a unit it, that's already inside of combat uh it makes it harder for them to get more attacks into another unit by just moving a unit closer towards them because then they would have to move closer towards that unit gotcha ah and that's where as a black templar player i can develop push a person and they're in the mm -hmm. fight phase to prevent yeah. them from doing doing <laughs> more damage to a singular unit yeah yeah Mm, yeah. totally been using that wrong <laughs> or not, not fully utilized it, it's uh, the the fight phase is so complicated because it has so many different ways that you can like maneuver around uh the board mm -hmm. to make it easier for you to cap points kill objectives and tag stuff um mm -hmm. yeah it's so good love the yeah. phase. <laughs> yeah so while, while we're on the pilot or sorry do you have something else coming? oh no i'm just saying it's great yeah, yeah. I, I i i i feel like uh people i mean i i i feel like someone's intro army should probably be an army that like focuses on melee because you learn more of the intricacies of the game but mm -hmm. i mean it, it yeah everyone's different <laughs> yeah 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 so while we're on the topic of piling in and consolidating uh when should you use it versus not use it or do it i guess yeah um so there there i agree that there are times when you shouldn't be piling in and shouldn't be consolidating right um like even though you can get the extra movement yeah uh, it doesn't mean that you should always do it because mm -hmm. if you pile in and consolidate closer to an enemy unit right that you know can kill you you're just making their charge easier right <laughs> it makes it harder right it's it's harder to deal with um but uh, besides that, you should always be piling in and consolidating. You should always be saying, when you make a charge, uh, I am not touching base. And then that way you can surf around stuff. You can surf around that unit. Because when you do your first pile in, you do your first pile in, you surf, you get closer to the first model that you charged, right? Or the closest model to it. Uh, and during that, you can become equidistance between two different models. And then from there, you can choose between who you want to surf with afterwards. It's also a great way to get more attacks in by just doing that, by rotating mm -hmm. models around and saying, this is in, uh, I'm not touching base, I'm gonna surf around this, and now that we're equidistant, I'm gonna surf around the other model and to just get more people into the fight, uh, just because it gets more um, people fighting. Joppy? Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you said everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, no, 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 it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, well John P, what what is the importance of piling and consolidating to you? Like, why do you like doing it? Uh, for me, uh, I mean, like like we've mentioned, it's free movement. It's also just ways to get bodies where they need to be, especially like if we're fighting for an objective and you know mm -hmm. trying to get more models on the objective. Um, very very crucial. And also maybe you just wanna um try to pile in consolidate into like a terrain feature. Uh, to get maybe a cover bonus or get obscured, um, mm -hmm. stuff like that. If like you know you're gonna be killing that unit, so yeah, definitely yeah. And then also if you have chaff, what I like to do is uh, if I have like throwaway chaff that I don't care about, um, and somebody multi charged me and I'm on an objective, right? Uh, a lot of people when they use uh, interrupt, they use it so then they can kill the next unit, right? Yeah. Uh, if I'm confident in like my other unit isn't going to die, I can interrupt with my cheap unit, the, the like the unit that's also in combat that's on an objective, and I could push it up and then uh, have it touch base with my enemy, 
right? Like, let's say that they're not on the objective yet and their intention is after they're done fighting, they're going to pile in and consolidate onto the objective to try and steal it from me. What you can do is that you can just interrupt if they did their sequence out of order, right? They they charge like a key unit of yours that's stronger. Uh, they already dealt that damage. You can pe- spend the two CP to interrupt, push your units towards him. So then you're touching base with them because then that means that they can't pile in and consolidate at that point onto the objective because they're already the closest that they could possibly be to those models. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, so you're basically just making it so then their plan is null and void because you're making it so then they can't get onto the objective because you've touched base with them. That's another great way to use interrupt when you're on an objective is just to make it so then your opponent can't get free movement out of it. Wow. Yeah, prevents them from getting on the objective. Yeah. 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 You could, you could, yeah, you could, yeah, it's very... Uh, I guess cheeky. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's just cheeky stuff that yeah. you can do. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> very cheeky. <laughs> nice tactic there. Is there any other tactics uh, that you guys can think of when, or, or tactics regarding uh, interrupting uh, in the fight phase or whatnot? Um, I, th- I don't know if this is correct or not, but I think that if you have an army that has fight first, uh, from the way that it's red and counteroffensive, you and the way that's read in core rules, I think that um, on your enemy's turn when they fight, you can use one of your fight first units or activate counteroffensive, and then after that, use one of your fight uh, fight first units afterwards. So you can interrupt twice, basically. Oh, that's cool. I, I don't know if that's true or not. That might, I it's it's like it, from what because uh, I had this conversation before, and I don't. Uh, I think it's like up in the air on whether the TO is would allow it or not, but I think that that is correct. But I feel like what I would do in that situation is I would just fight the. Uh, it depends. I feel yeah. like not knowing what the units are, but I feel like I would just fight the fight first unit first. Yeah, yeah. Chances uh, are, it's a fight first unit. It's pretty good in melee. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> situational, obviously. Like if the other unit just happens to be play guard vets, uh, then you know, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. That's a good one. (laughs) Um, Other stuff for interrupt? I can't think of anything else for interrupt that would be helpful besides those options. Obviously, you want to kill whatever is strongest. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's some things that you can avoid doing. Um, Yeah. uh, I guess a mistake that I made (laughs) when I was playing a lot was uh, interrupting and attacking a unit that fought already. Um, oh try yeah, to avoid yeah. That. yeah, that's, yeah. Don't that's, do that. That's a big one. Yeah, I've done that. Do that. I've done that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely, that is something to avoid. Um, what else is there? I already mentioned uh, charging in with your mm. unit that you want to kill first. Um, mm. I think I think that's something that we could talk about is heroic interventions. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah, mm-hmm. like, there's some good heroic intervention stuff, especially if you're blood angels. Um, you can use your heroic interventions to then use that stratagem where every single attack has to go to that character. So, like, if they charge something like something super important, like a dreadnought or uh, your aggressors, something that you don't want to die, uh, you can use your heroic intervention to get into combat. And then after that, you can spend your strat in order to make it so then all the attacks from the unit that you're in engagement with has to go into that character. So, you kind of sacrifice a character in order to protect another unit. 
I think it's called like Angel Sacrifice or something like that. Yeah, Angelic yeah. Sacrifice or something. It's pretty good. It's fun. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that is cool. Yeah, I played against that. It was so frustrating. I was like, let me kill this. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. It's You're a literal heroic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A literal um, heroic intervention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can also use like things like hero uh, base sizes, right? Uh, to avoid stuff from being charged. Let's say mm, that yeah. you have stuff that wants to get, or uh, you have your enemy that wants to charge a specific unit in your back line, right? What you can do is that you can push up a unit and kind of like block them off with how big your base sizes are for some things and make it harder for them to get closer to that unit to make that charge, right? Um, you can do the same thing with characters as well. You can make them uh, equidistant between like two key units, right? Um, and have them put behind so then they don't have a big enough gap to charge them or to charge that character uh, without getting into combat with like your key units as well. Yeah. So that's uh, you want to make sure. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You're a okay. Space Wolves player, so you know how to do yeah, this yeah. more than I do. Yeah, I was just going to say, you want to make sure you're like spaced out far enough. That way, if they do happen to kill that unit, they uh, can't just pile into you. <laughs> yeah. Pile and consolidate into you. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, it's... That's more about like screening and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, move blocking and stuff i mean like if, let's say you're using like a transport you could like once you disembark from the transport just use that transport or that vehicle to just move block and protect um yeah. a unit from Units. being charged yes the most the reliable rhino yeah yes <laughs> it, still, <laughs> rhino. it still has a job yeah afterwards. you still got a job rhino i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> you gotta get in there get in the fight yeah yeah all right um, I think that that's it. Uh, do you have any other questions, Raph, for the fight phase or anything? Um, no, learned a lot. <laughs> a lot of things. All right. <laughs> so, all right. You're playing Saturday now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a game this Thursday. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Wait, what do um, you play against? All right. We'll ask after. No, no. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, what do you play against? What, what, what are you playing against? against? Uh, I'm going to be, I think this one's uh, Tyranids. Tyranids or Chaos Space Marines? Ah. Uh, yeah. If it's Tyranids, I can help you out, buddy. I can <laughs> tell you what you need to kill. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you guys for checking out this episode of Chapter Tactics. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you guys liked it, make sure that you press like and subscribe on the Frontline Gaming Network. Uh, we will be back next week. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, bye bye. Whoa. Bye.